0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100
0: healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 565. Today is Friday, August 29th, Um I'm going to be performing just outside of Detroit tonight and then tomorrow, Pittsburgh, and then Sunday, just outside of Chicago, for the Oddball Comedy Fest, oddballfest.com for tickets. Folks like Sarah Silverman, and Bill Burr, and me, and Hannibal Burris, and uh, it's fun. It's a good tour. You should come out. Venues are big. The venues are real big. (laughs) Almost scarily big, Uh, but fun. Maybe I should crowd surf the back of an amphitheater. Nah, someone would drop me because they'd think it was funny, and it would be funny. So that's why I won't let that. That's why I won't let that happen. Uh, but uh, hey, we just launched a new podcast, the official Sleepy Hollow podcast called SleepyCast, hosted by Clark Wolf. The first episode just came out. Orlando Jones is on it. The executive producer's on it. Showrunner, and uh, we're going to be putting new episodes of that up every Tuesday. So if you're a Sleepy Hollow uh, fan then you should probably listen to Sleepycast, or if not, listen to it anyway, and then watch the show, huh? Go in the back door, of the, do the old podcast back door in a TV show, why don't you? Um, this episode is the Dowdle Brothers, who directed the film uh, As Above, So Below, which comes out today, Friday, August 29th. Um, John Eric and Drew Dowdle, and uh, super nice guys uh, who've directed some uh, other horror movies like Quarantine and Devil, and and so, uh, yeah, so this movie comes out today, and uh, here's a podcast for it. I'm talking really fast because I am I have to get to the show tonight. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the travel schedule is a bit of a neckbreaker, although I did, not that you asked, but I did sleep a lot more last night than I had in a really long time. I had a week of, like... Th- four hour nap bonanza basically is what it felt like as opposed to getting sleep uh my sleep schedule felt like naps so i'm back on now and uh here you go Nurse podcast number 565 with the dowdle brothers now entering nerdist.com Welcome to the podcast. Are, are, are you guys on Are you on a crazy... Oh, are these my glasses or are those yours? These are mine. Have the same Do you have the same, same ones? glasses. They're good ones, huh? Uh, these I don't have glasses like yours. I know. Get out.
1: I'm not quite as snazzy as you two. <laughs> Drew's dating a costume designer, and uh, oh. um, and he's very snazzy. She was not
2: responsible for my glasses.
0: No, you can around. be I can, honest can, about can, it. It's can, fine. Can, Give her some.
2: I can make some good decisions can, on my No, own.
0: you no, can't. No. You have to. No, it's it's true. Drew's
2: snazzy, in all fairness.
1: He was snazzy before she showed up. Yeah. Are,
0: you, are, you, are you on a whirlwind press tour at the moment? We are Yeah, kind of, a yeah. little bit It's been active
2: We were in Paris We did a lot of it In the catacombs in Paris Which was fun It must be yeah. nice
0: to travel With your brother <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is it's really great <laughs> it it makes It's nice fun. doing all of this Were you, you being know. sarcastic right now?
1: No, no. I'm totally kidding. it
0: be like, it's really great. I can't fucking take another minute of this. Wait for this to be over. Yeah. Do we have to work together and travel together? I had to grow up with you? I'll
2: to stick your face. And just... No, we took a vacation, what, the week before last? We took a vacation yeah. apart from each other for a week, which was... Uh, Which we rarely do. It's like we're we're kind of together twenty four seven. It feels weird. It does feel weird. You know, it's maybe necessary once a year.
0: It's a week apart. (laughs) So how do you how do you work in terms of if you're direct? I I I flip flop and I think oh it'd be great like having a brother to to work with could either be amazing or it could be or it could just be a huge pain in the ass because then if you start arguing about something work related it can very quickly devolve into something that, that's very personal and how does it how does it not like how do you keep the lines
1: separate i think we we try very hard not to do that you know and uh you know i think typically like if we're not getting along i, I usually feel like okay
2: i'm 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 anxious or i'm worked up about something stupid yeah, and there's and, a reason for it i mean in filmmaking you have to have partners i mean you, it's a very hard thing to do in a vacuum i think Having a partner that you're related to, I mean, we can read each other's minds most of the time, so it's very convenient. Yeah,
1: often we'll both respond to a, uh, an email with the exact same words, like <laughs> top to bottom, and send it out at the exact same moment. But you're not twins, no, no, no very not, much. But you not. have yeah. the
0: twin connection somehow. I thought that was only the creepy twin bond.
1: No, yeah, no, we've had a couple like
0: moments uh, of like true twin bond. Yeah. And, uh, if Drew burns his arm, do you f- to go my arm somewhere <laughs> in another part of the? <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny, he almost got in a car accident once and I was I was uh taking a nap in the middle of the day in Los Angeles and he was in Minnesota and I woke up like like terrified like something just happened to Drew and I called and left a message like he, you know, spun out on the freeway and just missed like two other cars. And and I called him like a minute later. You uh, either sensed it or you caused
0: it. I you know, know that, right? <laughs> 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 it's,
1: it's no, that, I, that never occurred to me. <laughs> I like the idea that it. I
0: caused it. It was my yeah. dream, my powerful dream. Do you man. know? I think that would actually make a really interesting story because based on the old um, like the Time Life book series, like Mysteries of the Unknown, where it's like a woman is asleep and one and miles, two thousand miles across, her sister and she senses that it'd be really interesting if if uh, two siblings discovered that they had this kind of like weird connection and mm-hmm. that it was almost like a parasitic connection and one could absorb the other's like psychic energy mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they basically just start like this and their relationship begins great mm-hmm. but then they just start uh it's just this this tug of war of who's ultimately and then it kind of turns into like a Think of like um, uh, road trip meets scanners. All right. Does is that, is that, is that work? That. Does that work somewhere? I love that. Yeah, Should we pitch that? Yeah.
2: Someone write that down.
0: Road yeah. trip meets. Don't actually write that down, Kyle. All right. Is Michael Ironside still alive? I'm pretty sure. Okay, good. We'll get him. Um, what, Minnesota, by the way. Are you from Minneapolis? Uh, St. Paul. Same You're Paul. from St. Paul. Paul.
2: Sort of same diff. Yeah, kind and of the same diff. In Minnesota, they. If
0: I were to say, you. if I were to say, like, oh, same thing. People are like, hey, you watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> In
2: like, Minnesota, they would. Yeah, Because yeah. 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 I know they're not the same at all.
0: I think. Yeah. I think. Many, I think Minneapolis, St. Paul. I think that whole area is. is Fucking amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank yes. you. Yeah. yeah. We love it's it. It's such a, I, I can only I imagine that it's probably a hotbed of creative activity because it's too fucking cold to do anything else for a large. That's of exactly year. right. We all say that yeah. too.
2: People are just cooped up for so much of the year that, you know, it breeds a lot of creativity.
0: It, it breeds, breeds a lot of weirdos. Weirdos. You know, too, yeah. like,
1: you know, you got the Cohen brothers, you have Bob Dylan, you have Prince, Ter- Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam.
0: Yeah. You know, you have the a best. lot of these <laughs> these really weird. you who is that? Neil Gaiman lives in Minnesota. He's obviously not from, he's not American, but mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman lives in Minnesota. So. That's cool. Okay. Cool. Um, so it's a, it's a good, I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could take uh, an eight month winter. No, it's awful. No. We, there's a reason we live here now. <laughs>
2: yeah. We
0: love it there. We love to
2: visit, but it's uh, it's nuts. Yeah, so, lifetime.
0: so what's the, uh, what, what is the film scene like in Minneapolis at the moment? It used to be a lot stronger. It's it's coming back. It it had
2: I don't know, it had a big lull here. It had some tax incentive issues where other states were just so much more, you know, advantageous to shoot in. Um so it had nothing going on for a while, but it's coming back. Yeah. And yeah, you, not do, great. Do you yeah, shoot do you guys shoot there?
1: No. No. have never we, shot there, yeah. No, we shot uh we shot, as above, in Paris. We shot the coup in Thailand. We, you know, we shot We're in Toronto to and the So there are out. not
0: catacombs under Minneapolis? You might understand <laughs> that? You know, let's do that. That'd
1: be pretty amazing.
0: You actually, did they let you shoot in the catacombs?
1: Yeah, in the real they thing. They did, yeah. Yeah. We pushed and pushed, and we refused to have a backup plan, and we, you know, we just uh, kept beating the drum, yeah. like, it needs to be the real thing. You know, we
2: don't want to build this, you know, you can't. Fake something that that historic, and, yeah. and you're not going to go to Paris and then build the catacombs on a stage. That seemed ridiculous, but that seems uh, like a trim-
0: that's a double waste of money. Yeah, that's getting just. everyone to Paris and then renting a stage. <laughs> yeah. You could literally you could just do that here where, yeah, where we know. are right now. You exactly. could just put a bunch of skulls in this hallway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really. no, the
2: French were kind to us. They let us. I mean, the the bureaucracy of Paris didn't exactly
0: move very fast, but we ultimately got the permissions we needed. Mm-hmm. How? sanctioned is running around the catacombs is it not allowed at all
1: no it's illegal there's there's the public like tour of the catacombs and uh and then everything else is sort of illegal and uh so yeah we shot in both both sections and and neither of them had ever had a film shoot there before so we shot in the in the public and in the you know um you know we went through it like at one point we went through like a hole like this big and like
2: underground and and how deep does it go like six or eight stories yeah. in some parts. So Most we, of what we shot was six stories underground. Yeah. so it was... We brought a piano
1: down there. We brought like, okay, I mean, we did all kinds of crazy shit down there. And and you know, there's no bathrooms. There was no, you know, there's nothing. No electricity, you know.
0: No, you just have to pee on some poor old French dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And fr- you and have the- to soil everything that he was with your waste. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: Parisian government let us shoot this the off-limits section of the catacombs, which is illegal. They, let, they finally gave us permission, but they said we couldn't show how you get in because they didn't want us to you know spark any additional people going to check it out so we we went to basically the location you get in and we you know dug a hole 100 feet away from where the real hole is and we went in there on the same train track so it's <laughs> essentially the same exact spot but 30 feet away and this and
0: that worked for them what was the creepiest thing you saw um you know i think that
1: first time going through the hole in this this train bridge and then you know you're underground and you know, like crawling on all fours, and then you're in water up to your chest, and and like that for me, like that really freaked me out. You know, to be submerged in water with like you know maybe a foot and a half, two feet of air like above your oh, head. Oh, no, like, that
0: doesn't sound.
1: Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't cool. I was like, this this isn't okay. This is really clean water, right? It is actually like you would think it was disgusting, but you know, it was actually you know it was rainwater. It was totally clear, like glass, and you know once you started stepping in it then it would kick up dirt but
2: you know it was, it was actually i think it was quite clear yeah we shot in another section too where these these monks were cloistered back in like the 15th century for their whole lives they would live down there and they still keep these like mannequins and you know monk robes kind of always lurking behind corners so when you'd walk through the dark and You'd walk past one; it would always appear
0: as if it's jumping out. At you. It was and just that, there. the it, stuff's just down. It's there. just down there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all sorts of artifacts that they can't. I guess you yeah. would get super arrested if you if you try to take anything from the catacomb. <laughs> yeah. People
2: do though. People go on the public tour and you know walk out with a femur or a skull. You know, people yeah. do it all the time. Is it, is,
0: is it that it's unsafe? Why do they not? Why do they not let people go further that,
1: down? I think they just you know uh, there's kind of this like underground. Uh, cataphile you know, world, and they, you know, they have raves down there. They have a cinema down there that sort of moves around and disappears, and and then the cops come down. And you know, I, I think it's, I think the people are dangerous, maybe to themselves down there more than
2: the spaces. You know, it's really easy to get lost in there too. I mean, if you if you're not with someone who really knows it, so I'm sure a lot of teenagers go down there without. Anyone who really knows where they're going and
0: you know need to be rescued. Your skyways in Minneapolis are very similar to yes. the catacombs. we've always wanted to use the skyways, line them film. with skulls. Yeah. <laughs> you you can't
1: compete the sequel. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> as above, so above. <laughs>
1: Minneapolis keep coming across really nice bums. Yeah. You know, um,
0: just the. just all the weird like advert billboards. I, I, I'm so. I'm so delighted by the Skyway system. Is that is, that what you, is it called yeah. the Skyway? Yeah, system? Skyways, yeah. Yeah. That, that I mean, the idea that you could you could get from one section of downtown to another section of downtown and, and just be indoors. There's something really charming it's, about that to me, and kind of cozy. There is. It's kind of amazing. I worked actually in downtown Minneapolis
2: my first year after college, and <clears throat> I could pull right into my underground garage at my office and not even wear a coat and you know get anywhere downtown and. I mean, people would go for weeks at a time without stepping outside.
0: There's a giant adult store downtown, and I can't remember what it's called. Schinders? No, sh- yeah, Shinders was one. It's one where I, I went inside and there yeah. was a. Ju- <laughs> well, it's either Shinders or O'Flaherty's, yeah, or it's uh, the Pussy Cave. Schinders. Or, uh, well, there's uh, Tiddlywinks, and uh, then there's also Peekaboobs. I don't know. I mean, those are the first nine off the top of my head. Uh, but the one that I went into was. Uh, there was a giant dick that had a saddle on it, <laughs> and you could take your, you could get your picture taken uh, on this rodeo dick. Basically, I don't know what else to call it. That's amazing, uh, but it was enormous. Like the store, was, the store was enormous, and yeah. uh, it was really fun. It's it also really great. fun to go into a place like that and you walk in and you're riding on the dick, and someone's like, "Hey, are you Chris Hardwick?" <laughs> like, oh. Yes, I seem to be, <laughs> and here I am riding a giant dick. It's probably harder for you to ride a giant dick than us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. <laughs> Please don't watch now. <laughs> so, wh- wh- when did you guys get out? When did you guys? When did you escape St. Paul? Gosh, ninety-five.
1: I I went to NYU and then I moved out here after that. So yeah, I went back for one year after
2: college and then moved to New York. So for me, it was ninety-eight. <laughs> What was your uh, what were your what were your horror films growing up
1: the Shining. The Shining was my very favorite. Yeah, the Omen was probably Omen. my
2: favorite growing up too. I just something about Damien Thorne I just found to be terrifying. And Drew looked just like him as well. I a was kid. a spitting image too.
0: Did you did you have the little Damien haircut? Uh, I
2: did. I did. I didn't realize how much I looked like him, but my mom later admitted once I was an adult that she was terrified of me for a couple of years. <laughs> she thought you was <laughs> fun.
0: Omen two, I gotta say, was it was it's one yeah. of the sequels that really is as good as the original. It really is it's good. It's so I good. The, set, the, the scene where he's in the, the military academy and the teacher starts harassing him and he just starts fucking rattling off all those dates. Oh, uh, it's amazing. It is. It's so great. Or the ice, the kid trapped under the
2: ice. That seems oh, yeah, that scene's Yeah,
1: And just him, like, you know, the self-identity, you know, it's such a perfect, like, you know, kind of puberty movie. Like, the self-identity of like, oh, my God, am I the devil. and yeah, Do like I just coming accept of age? that? You know, like, coming of age. do I just coming accept of age? that?
0: I've been having these weird dreams. Now everyone gets those. I don't know if everyone gets these.
2: <laughs> Are
1: weirder than most. I think. I think I killed a boy with my brain, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't just get a weird boner. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: like I control dogs. <laughs> do you guys get that? <laughs> it's, Dan, it's David talking to the guidance counselor. So you know how, when you go through puberty and you control Dobermans, um, Wait, what? (laughs) You guys don't do that? That'd be such a great... That'd be such a fun sketch. Yeah, Omen Omen was spectacular. I mean, my, my favorite, I think my favorite growing up probably like Poltergeist I mean, not Poltergeist well Poltergeist was great Poltergeist I don't entirely doesn't hold up for me though I saw it not that yeah. long ago but didn't it didn't I think it was more because of the effects it, yeah it, that third act where
1: they're all popping up and stuff it gets a little uh, but,
0: uh, but some uh, of the blocking in that's pretty fantastic yeah, that's true yeah no it's uh, uh, Phantasm uh, Phantasm is nice. a movie that fucked me up so bad so bad when I was, so when when I nice. was a kid yeah. I just had nightmares of the of the tall man Nice. and then those like dwarf aliens like being squashed <laughs> down <laughs> oh God, that's a good one so good so good what uh, um, were were you guys uh, how far apart in age? you were 4 years apart no, no year and a half. year and a half. Oh, you're. Oh, because yeah. I thought, okay, so you yeah. must have taken time off and
2: then finished school. You you know, no. I, he he was two years ahead of me, so uh, he finished school and basically moved directly I came right out to L.A. Yeah, he went to go be an
1: investment banker <laughs> yeah, for I a while. That's uh, my dirty
2: little secret. I <laughs> spent a
1: little time on what Wall Street. That, like? that was, you know... Oh, he was balling. like I was like this <laughs> poor like writer living in LA like you know, eating dog food and he was he was flying to like Saint Bart's with girls and living in a penthouse. like I mean he was he was my little brother. My dad would be like, Why can't you be more
2: like your little brother? He's making a great living. <laughs> oh, you mean Damien?
1: <laughs> Damien. <laughs> so he sold his
2: Clearly soul. He sold his soul. Is soul. <laughs> no, when I when I told our parents that I was quitting my job and moving to LA to work with John my dad immediately called john and said what do he say he's like
1: you leave him alone he's got a good job you can't ruin everyone in the family
0: you know don't drag him into your horror sketches
1: uh, exactly and, uh, mm-hmm. but it was nice uh, you know when drew came out drew was like if we're doing this work we should be paid for it and that's such a, I, I don't know, a, a, an alien concept when, you know, you start in, you know, arts and writing and stuff. And it's like, no one's paying me and I do it anyway. And uh, that was helpful to have someone like, no, we, we,
2: this should be a job, you know, <laughs> you should get paid for your job. Yeah. We weren't uh, very successful
0: getting paid for a while, but it <laughs> <Yeah>. a good <laughs> it took idea. took a long time, but. <laughs> well, there is a certain, I mean, like it's it, obviously it's. In the beginning, it's good just to work however you can. Start work for free, do whatever you can, learn. And at a certain point, you're like, I think I might need to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like because there there is the trap where once you start saying yes to stuff, then and then everyone's like, Hey, we do my thing, we do my thing, we do my thing, we do my thing. And of course, you want to do all of it, but you, you can't do every you can't do everything. Yeah. And and because especially because you understand that you need people to when you're helping people, you also need people to help you make your thing. At the same time So yeah. How do you uh, How do you sort of balance out Like at a certain point You, you do you, you just You want to say yes to everything But you can't Because then it starts to Im- Hinder your own Development
1: Yeah
2: Yeah And when you're doing it's- your own films too I mean you have a mentality that You have to pay the whole crew You have to pay actors You have to pay everybody At least something But we're the only ones Not getting paid And like you do a few of those And
0: it's You know You just can't Can't live that way Yeah, yeah. I worked in uh, if, if you're ever if someone's ever shooting a short film or a movie and they, and they need people to work for free the people will do it but just a tip is get really good catering and craft service like if you feed yes, people yeah. really well you're absolutely right They will actually feel like i, I worked on something with this uh, with this friend of mine once and it was a short film and no one was getting paid but she had someone there like baking and making food constantly and there was like amazing lasagna and all these desserts and everything and it completely like i, I when, whenever i go work on something that's low budget uh, and it's just you know like oh i brought a bag of oreos or something it's like oh just if you're going to invest a little bit of my money because basically what you're investing is is the spirit of the crew which yeah. is very important, you know, yeah. you're investing in their happiness and you're also saying, like, I appreciate that you're here and I know I can't pay you, but I can at least give you good for Like that's something. Yeah. It's something tangible. Yeah. That's no, right. you're absolutely yeah. right.
2: That that is critical. I remember when we were doing Poughkeepsie tapes, you know, it was very low budge. I you know, we had we were very thinly spread, so I was producing it but I was also, you know, Handling craft services and everything. And I heard more complaints in the first week about crafty than than anything else. Yeah. And I'm
0: like, okay, this is somewhere we need to step it up. Well that's when you're working all day, like that's the one place where you get little moments of joy, you know, if you're if you're working like twelve, thirteen hours, you're yeah. like, Oh, I could just go over there and Oh man, it's the fucking carrot tray <laughs> from Gelson's. <laughs> and there's, so, and there's no ranch dressing left. I was at a thing a couple days ago, and it was they just had like chopped up bell peppers. Like, who eats bell peppers? <laughs> just the red bell pepper slices. I it's will say, any...
2: the French really know how to do. Catering. Yeah, like, well, I would holy imagine. Crap. they crap. It's like a four star restaurant every day at lunch. It's amazing. They're they actually required by union law to serve a glass of wine to everyone on the crew at lunch, which seems every day. crazy here from a liability
1: yeah. standpoint. And then we show up and our actors start getting
2: drunk yeah. at lunch. Day two, like, okay, we They to Our this. American actors are just wasted after lunch. <laughs> like, Shit. okay, this is obviously the Americans are not responsible enough to handle this. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> no. no. But they're police. They're police. Uh, yeah. They they unionized they like picketed because they wanted two glasses of wine at lunch every day which is perfect you know
0: the police uh, you know having a couple glasses of wine at lunch you know I, I feel like we would quickly um bastardize that law and be like for sure the government mandates you do a shot pussy <laughs> <laughs> what I'm a cop <laughs> I'm a cop in this bit drink <laughs> government <laughs> said so Do you like – do do you prefer shooting overseas or how is it it different than if you were – I mean, it's probably – is it tough to shoot in Los Angeles or are they making it easier? No, it's pretty great.
1: Like Los Angeles, the people are great here, you know. But shooting abroad, there's something about like everything is so different that, you know, you have such a – I don't know, a clear
2: perspective of it, I I feel like. I love shooting out of town just because you're not – you kind of really (laughs) leave your life behind and you commit to the movie and – you know, your friends aren't wondering why you didn't make it to their birthday party and why you didn't do this or that. You know, you're really like, hey, I'm in Thailand. Sorry, I missed everything. <laughs> you know, it's... it's yeah, people re- get it. Yeah. People get it. And they just kind of let you go for four or five months and then you re-enter, And that's...
1: And it's a little like camp. Like, you know, you're there with a bunch of people and everyone's gone. And it's, I don't know, it's it's fun and, and weird. And everyone sort of has a timeout on
2: life. And, and yeah, you and get very close a, with people. Perfect amount of time to really kind of have a new home but you don't have to fully commit to it it's you know yeah four or five months is like you really get to learn a country
0: now you but then you just start picking you start writing movies based around where yes. you want to go That's Yeah, to this is a horror movie that takes place at the Princeville Resort in Kauai <laughs> and we're going to have to be there for about we've been trying months. to f- we've find been trying our- to think of something yeah. like that
2: yeah. just,
1: it just doesn't lend itself well you know it seems to be like yeah we were in Paris for the summer but we were like in the sewers <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like and then we were in Thailand in the heat, and
2: uh, that was actually pretty. Thailand was stuff. awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, but we keep trying to find our Hawaii project. That would yeah. be
0: great. It's not. Gonna, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't know. <laughs> Saint Bart's thriller. Yeah, you know, are <laughs> stuck on Saint Bart's supermodel, or, uh, supermodel zombie movie. In <laughs> yeah. Bart's, uh, and the Netflix yeah. would categorize that as like vacation resort thrillers. <laughs> like there'd be some real specific <laughs> thing that that movie that that would that would actually have to be. I don't. Uh, uh, I haven't been to Paris in years, but it, it's. It, it's so wonderful to to feel so much history crammed into one little, tiny little area. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's It was
1: cool, too. Like, you know, I'd be walking, you know, I brought my kids with me and walking down the street and going like, oh, when my grandfather was here in World War II, it looked exactly the same. And my great, 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 great grandkids, when they come here, you know, 500 years from now, it's going to look exactly the same.
0: And, uh. Uh, no zombie apocalypse. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it filled with zombies, but the buildings will be the same. Zombies or robots? <laughs> zombie or robot apocalypse? <laughs> it's it's going to be one of the two, or maybe I uh, maybe the robot apocalypse comes because the zombie apocalypse starts, and so we build robots to try to. It's sort of like the Matrix. Like, oh, we blocked out the sun, and then they started using us as batteries. You know, like we're gonna have a hand trying to stop the, the apocalypse. But then we're just going to make it worse because we're fucking humans, and that's what we do. That's yeah. exactly what's what true. Do. <laughs> what? Uh, what? When did you guys first start? Were you were you, you were making. I assume you were making films before you got him out of the investment banking game.
1: Yeah, we were always sort of uh, tied at that. Like you know, when I was, I think fourteen, you were twelve. Uh, I started writing, but then I, you know, he, you know, we shared a room, and then I'd show him what I was writing, and he'd start, you know. You know, and saying, oh, "Why don't you move this over here and try?" You know, repeating this and and uh, so we started kind of collaborating at a really young age, and so we had always wanted to work together. Um, it just—I uh, I don't think this looked like a viable, you know, good
2: <laughs> a good life decision at first to him. And I—it I, I, took a little bit of—I comm- don't know—I'm a little bit more of that kind of, you know, practical type, and so I didn't. Uh, you grew up in Minnesota, you know, making movies for a living doesn't feel like real life sometimes i think
0: it took a little uh mm-hmm. now it yeah, does but maybe not in the 90s but it was harder to uh you know it i mean i remember that i remember when it was hard to just go make a movie like okay well i guess we get 16 millimeter exactly. film and yeah. we'll, we'll just run around and shoot it and then i don't know i guess we'll submit it to a festival or two or what, then what yeah. happens
1: but back then there was only a couple festivals you know there was kind
2: of sundance and can and you know yeah, if you didn't get into those, you kind of just shelved it. I mean, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of options. So, you know, our first movie together was called The Dry Spell, and that was, you know, the festival world was exploding. It was you know early days of digital, so we shot it digitally, and we found a way to make a movie for like you know thirty five thousand dollars. So our first movie was just tiny (laughs) yeah That craft services we had a bag of chips in the trunk
1: (laughs) that that was our craft service like I don't know if there's any left they've been open for a while they're in the trunk if you want them that was was sort of miserable but people people had fun do you like
0: then is it strange to actually get money to make a movie when you're you know the first time you actually get money like what did we do we do? It was with this? weird. I gotta say, it was like weird. we kind of
2: paid us paid ourselves a little bit on Poughkeepsie tapes. It was like us paying ourselves, you know, a tiny amount. But, but then on quarantine, that like, didn't feel real. Like when we got a check from Sony on quarantine, that was
1: like, oh my god, someone's. Well, that and you know the fact that the money wasn't like you know with uh, the dry fall and Poughkeepsie tapes. Like we were constantly like, okay. We'll, we'll give you all checks, but don't cash them until, like, next week. <laughs> <laughs> we swear the to be They're post-dated. <laughs> you know, and Drew would be was like... a lot of that. Yeah. We, I remember you went skiing and you kept getting, you know, the the extra service. I uh, actually gave Drew cell number to all oh the extras because we were late on that. So they're all...
2: You know, I was getting death threats. I mean, I, I he literally was, told everyone it was going to be one week late. And, of course, I'm sure they hear that all the time. And it's never true. And in our case, it was true. We were we were very much going to pay them, But I was waiting on an investor check or whatever. And uh, yeah, I took a little, post-wrap ski vacation and, uh, I was getting, like, 100 calls a day from... I don't know if you ever worked with non-union extras, too. They're
0: a it's motley like, bunch. By the way, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you were on ski vacation. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I can't or pay you. No. Let me just uh, hit these slopes, and uh, when I get to the bottom of the hill, we'll see what's going on with that chick. Uh, yeah, two <laughs> more rounds of drinks, and... Oh, are you still on the phone? Shit. Uh, yeah, know. just hang on. I, 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 remember, I, I recognize
2: <laughs> the... Irony You're ruining
0: my ski vacation. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Your need to eat is ruining my good time.
2: Well, it was like 50 bucks a person, too. I'm like, clearly, you know, you're not uh, missing
0: your rent check, I hope, based on my $50. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's funny to me that a movie, It's I, I don't know what other business, you, I, can't even, I can't really think of another example where the, a movie costs essentially whatever you have to make it. It's either going to cost $35,000 or if someone gives you 100000000 million, you'll figure out how to spend $100 million <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. on a, the same, essentially the same story. Well, no, it's true. It's true. But I mean, when you're doing it like in that zone,
2: doing your own films on that same ski vacation, I also had about $97,000 on my Amex. That was, you know. <laughs> You live with this. like oh, so you're like, what's another grand? Oh, my God. I mean, that was not something I could afford by any means. It was just bridging the movie just to keep it alive and, and yeah. waiting for money to come in. I mean, you live with this just incredible amount of stress that you're going to yeah, be and ruined. Then,
1: and then on quarantine, when, you know, it was paid for by the state, like, to not worry about money, like, in the same way, like, not worry about, like, oh, my God, we're out of money. Like, we can't let anyone know, like, how do we <laughs> keep this going, you know, and finish the movie and can we finish it, like... To not have that uh, part of the job was like, oh, wow, we can focus on making a film and
2: not, you know, spend half the day this, trying to figure out, you know, house of cards that you're trying to keep intact. I mean, it, really, yeah.
0: it frees you up tremendously. Or like the yeah. show House of Cards, which had like millions of dollars per episode <laughs> <laughs> to make a television show. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys ever want to? No. So with the types of films that you make, it have, did, did, has it ever occurred to you like, oh, we should take these stories and expand them and do and, you know, like do a television series, like do a series? Or do you just, do you just like the process of, do you like telling stories in like, you know, 90 to 120 minutes? You know, I, I really love
1: that, the 90 to 120 minutes, like that zone feels really good, you know. Uh, we'd love to do something in TV, just, you know, the chance to really explore a character and really dig in and, and develop something over time. I, I think it would be really fun. We, we haven't quite found the right thing yet.
2: Yeah, that would be really fun. It's really getting a tv show made is really difficult as i'm sure you know and it's Mm -hmm. you know the process of pitching it and you know getting a pilot greenlit and then getting series picked up i mean there's just so many levels of of um you know acceptance you need to get to have a show really go whereas you know a film is hard to get made but you know it's all in one script it's either going to get greenlit or not or you're going to get financed or not and it's it it makes more sense to
0: us i think how's the notes process go in film does is it like script read, obviously you you know do a table read. You'll probably get notes, and you'll do another draft, and then you'll probably get notes. But then, as you're shooting, are they still coming in and giving you notes, or are they? You're, I assume you're getting notes as they're seeing dailies, or do they do you get left alone? It really depends on the movie, I guess.
1: Yeah, it depends on the movie. Like you know, quarantine, the studio is very involved, you know. And uh whereas you know these last couple, you know, they they it's been really above, nice. Yeah. As above, in the coup, like we we sort of got to. Do our own thing on the coup. We were in Thailand. There was no producers there.
2: There was, you know, uh, I think David Lancaster was watching dailies, but more like great, looks yeah. great. You know, or just thumbs up. And we we got lucky on that one in that we were with a, a great financier that trusted us a lot. But they also had, you know, they were having an explosion of other projects going on, so they are very thinly spread, which mm-hmm. you know was good for us. And yeah, and with Legendary, they you know it was a small movie for them. They had you know Godzilla and they had you know Pacific Rim. So our little movie was kind of Kind of under the radar a little bit,
0: yeah. yeah, so they also have uh this company called nerdist which- uh, co- which they, which you know it costs a billion dollars a year to run, <laughs> so they really <laughs> You know really, they yeah. really have to focus in. Yeah. So I'm sorry if we took <laughs> took some of their dollars away from you, it. like we were on a ski vacation, <laughs> and, <you guys laughs> and we couldn't pay our rent. <laughs> Fifty four dollars. So. Uh, let the so... snow,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll mail them some from atop
0: my castle here on this alpine hill. <laughs> what is it about? Uh, what is it about horror that you, like, why, besides the fact that you're fans of horror, like, what, what specifically is fun about that type of storytelling?
1: Yeah, it's fun to see people at their limits. You know, it's, there's such drama, and there's such, you know, to see people in crisis, you really learn so much about people and how they react, like, I don't know, I find that such a fascinating part of life, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's fun to explore that in films.
2: Yeah, it's fine I think people put themselves in the character shoes a lot in horrors or thrillers of you know what would you do in this crisis how would you react and and just to see the the visible reaction of audiences when watching your movie is really you know I'm sure it's similar for comedy
0: seeing people you
2: know connect and laugh at your
0: movie you know hopefully it is but it's yeah. hard, but you know the more the more at horror's sort of the same way it's sort of horror relies on a little bit of magic trick the same way comedy does which is mm-hmm. you have to surprise your audience and and so, how do you? When so many things have been, like, every time another thing gets made, that's another way that that was done. And so you're painted yeah. more and more into a corner of like, well, how do we surprise audiences or how do we present these ideas to them, and or shock or scare them in ways that you know they don't go, ah, yeah, saw that coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, of course. Oh, now this part, you know, where the audience basically just turns into sc- sc- you know, scream where they're yeah. narrating it and essentially. Along with the movie
1: Yeah, I think sort of the key is character Like if you, if you really believe the characters You're really, you know, in it with them I think then you'll, you know You're, you're more on the ride than, you know And I, I think often like horror films especially don't, don't take the time to really dig into character
0: And uh, I think that helps a lot Well, do you ever Is there another genre that you guys want to play around with? yeah with our with our next film uh, the coup we
1: which is coming out in march uh we we go more into it's more of a survival tale it's like a, a thriller it's uh more in that space so mm-hmm. um it's it's still you know someone in crisis it's still kind of a crisis movie uh but it's it's not horror it's more thriller you guys seem like nice polite well adjusted
0: Young men.
2: Well, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hard people tend to be pretty normal, I
0: think. Yeah, horror they people really are. Actually,
2: pretty sweet people. Generally, yeah.
0: they really, really, really are. Yeah. And I oh. wonder. I wonder why it's the comedy people who get a little wackaloo. Oh, the comedy people! <laughs> right? well, first of all, the fact that you just said wackaloo means that <laughs> you should be directing horror movies because you're ultra normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very. Is that it? A... <laughs> comedy people are way more fucked up than horror people. <laughs> they are. They totally are. I wonder why that is. I guess maybe, you know, maybe horror people sort of recognize, like, oh yeah, none of this isn't real, but. You know, and also there's a there is a kind of a layer of separation because you're creating a fantasy world, whereas comedy people are really dealing with fucking issues, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's where comedy's coming from. I think so.
1: I think you know I've noticed like with writing, I write darker stuff when I'm feeling really good, and like lighter stuff when I'm feeling really dark, and uh, and uh, so yeah, that's I I you know I I think there's a little bit of a release like a pressure valve that if you're feeling dark all the time you need comedy to you know to lighten it up whereas
0: yeah
2: there's a lot of days on set on horror films too that just feel like being a kid you know you get to play with blood and like gore and things like that (laughs) like everybody just gets you know their their inner child comes out
0: a lot it's it's i don't know what's your favorite type of effect or what's your favorite way to kill someone in a movie
2: Ooh, quarantine stacy oh
0: yeah, uh, yeah
1: killing favorites. you know it was a you know quarantine was a like found footage thing we we actually killed my wife with the the lens of the camera so smashed her <laughs> face in and Crushed with the her lens face. of the camera and uh, yeah we kill her in every movie and uh that's kind of our running gag
0: but that you one know, was I think, that one was favorite, the best yeah no. and she, of course she has to, she's cool with this right oh she loves it it's, a, loves it's it. a weird badge of honor to i mean i know as a performer you're like oh i want to survive till the end because then i have more scenes but it's i've d- i've done a horror movie and it's it's such a badge of honor to get killed really hard in a horror movie for sure yeah and everybody you know who you know
2: people that are not actors or extras by trade but everyone of course wants to be an extra in the movie and everybody wants to be a corpse Everybody, yeah. really, like people you would never expect. You know, and like they all want to be naked. They, they all want to like, be naked. If you need
1: me purposes. to be naked, that's okay. You're like I'll do that. Like, like people, you'd be like, dude, I don't no want to see you dad, naked. Dad, Thanks, wants to Wilfred see you Brimley. naked. Thanks, Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, exactly. It's like Hola, it's totally, t- totally the wrong people. Not nobody you'd ever want to see naked. But like, if you need a corpse, I'm happy to do it, and I'll get naked. Even <laughs> like no, <laughs>
0: no. <Nails though. laughs> I want me to get naked and dead. (laughs) Why would you have to be naked? Like, why couldn't you just be dead? I don't know. I think it's a weird thing. We've gotten that offer. Cut, put your pants back on. (laughs) We've gotten that offer
2: more times than you can imagine.
0: I got really hot and then I died. (laughs) Took off all my clothes and then... What's the problem? Problem is, I can see your dick in the shot. <laughs> now I can never not see that. It's burned. <laughs> you just see. The, it's like if you stare at a hot light, and you just, <laughs> you just see like, there's just like a, a purple dong imprint in my field of vision forever. It's uh, it, it, I I I always horror is I think so uh, helped by the fact that. You can. I mean, obviously, you can do super high techy effects, but just like watching people get creative with the with the type of you know that's why I think it's low budget sci fi. I think is a lot harder because there there does you do need to have a believable element of you know like whatever the the sci fi gag is. Mm -hmm. But with horror, you can get I think you can really get super creative with like let's mix this and this, and then we can create these wounds, or we can create this effect, or like I think Mm -hmm. it forces. and and with budgetary constraints i think it forces people to have to be more creative and that ultimately yeah. r- helps raises the genre if you can do it right it's true and you can get like super like artsy
1: and weirdo in horror in a way that you couldn't in any other genre without without it tipping into like like okay that's that's weird or that's too artsy you know with horror you can really sort of do whatever i mean as long as it fits the the parameters you set in the film
0: yeah do you uh, do you like do you, do you like so you like to watch the test screenings? You like to watch. Are you watching the audience? or Are you watching the movie?
1: The audience. The yeah, audience I mean, yeah. it's it's one
0: part feeling the energy in
1: the room and feeling like okay, I'm seeing a lot of people shuffling or drinking water now, or you know, it, it's you sort of watch the body language and, and yeah, yeah and, and feeling the
2: energy. Like you can feel it when everyone's you know tapped in. Yeah, you learn a lot from those screenings. We had on our first movie was a comedy actually, and then we made the Poughkeepsie tapes, which is about a serial killer and. Of course, we invited all these festival people that knew us from our first movie to the test screening. And we had a couple moments up top of the movie originally that were kind of funny. There were, you know, kind of funny characters that we interview. And then we, like, kill a seven year old, you know, <laughs> eight minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the first cards I read said, I didn't think it was very funny to, you know, killing kids isn't very funny or something like that you know we realize a lot of people came into the movie thinking it was a comedy and we're like okay we need to we need to we really need scrap you know anything that's even remotely funny yeah really. we need to change the
0: score and take out some funny things you know, like <laughs> cuz in, in your head you know where it's going yeah, yeah yeah but you you forget sometimes like the audience doesn't know yeah. it's like yeah, a nervous we had, everyone was sort like, of was like that supposed to be funny yeah, a we lost the hammer. Day. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did we genuinely really did
2: <laughs> now, did you
0: when how many kids do you have Two. Do you have kids I don't have any kids now, so were, was it did you get weirder about murdering people once you had kids or because sometimes people will get a little they get a little more squeamish once they have children
1: you know it's funny like you know i I'd always worry like you, you see all these comedians like suddenly become not funny when they have kids I was like oh i hope I hope I don't get soft you know when I have kids and so i you know I tried very hard to you know and it, it turns out you know it didn't soften me up, but I definitely had to focus on turning off that side of my creative brain when I was at home, you know, like imagining the kids dead and like, what if you strangled it? You know, I had to be like, okay, stop doing that. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that stressed me out, but, uh, but no, I yeah, think he didn't I'm, change at
2: all. I was a little worried about that too. Cause you know, our Thailand movie, the coup is about, you know, a family with two young daughters and, you know, in massive peril. And, uh, you know that was written before john had kids and i wondered sometimes like would we still write something like that now but it's really
0: pretty unchanged it helps yeah. that john's wife is as twisted as he is yeah she is now that means are your kids going to turn out like are they are you going to be upset if your kids are like we don't like horror dad like what are you talking about <laughs> well actually henry it was funny uh uh, we
1: just did a press thing in paris and we dumped the kids uh, or uh, let the kids stay with my mom and uh we just left the and, kids in the catacombs <laughs> and just let them run around and henry came back and he's like i watched the most amazing movie sharks get sucked up into the sky and then fall all over. and he's 5 years old this gets 5 years old he's like and then they're eating people Sharknado, and i was like the magic like, shark nato and he's like yeah that's it and mm-hmm. i was like I don't think you should be watching that. You're five. And he's like, that's fine, dad. You know? So, I mean, he's, he's down for it, but Maggie, my, my two year old uh,
0: is not in, into, she Uh, hates our trailers. I bet if you're five, Sharknado is fucking mind bending. Amazing. Uh, I yes. mean, it's the best movie what? ever. What? Yeah. Because in your mind, that could happen <laughs> yeah. if you're five. Why couldn't it happen? <laughs> totally. And the if a tornado. Look perfect. Yes, <laughs> if a tornado just sucked up a bunch of sharks, that's exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. I mean it's totally I mean we watch it ironically but to a 5-year-old it's like this is science. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like this is this is a documentary. This is this is this is what could happen. Yeah, man, it's fun to see like magic happens in his world like magic
1: like he asked me if like when you listen to a shell if you can hear the ocean because there's a magical invisible wire that connects the two i'm like that's awesome that's awesome that that is the 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 best explanation that's the
0: reason (laughs) that's what it is
1: (laughs) tornadoes suck up sharks and you know it's pretty pretty awesome
0: do you ever do you think you'll get to a point where you're like hey kiddo what do you think of this idea you know do you do you you ever have you or have you started to mine him for uh information about oh yeah yeah oh yeah. yeah i do that i i pitch stuff to him and and uh and uh, he gives me
1: a thumbs up or thumbs down. Often, he's at that age, though. He'll always have a better idea. So I'll pitch something to him. and He'll be like, no, no, no. What you need to do is this. <laughs> and then he'll start pacing back and forth. It's like a little version of me. And I just
0: annoy the shit out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happened. I mean, obviously, I'd, you know, I'm sure it wouldn't work. But wouldn't it be fun just for a month? Just to, just to let, like, a rambunctious kid pick what movies are going to get made and just see what happens. <laughs> you know, it probably wouldn't be much different.
2: Like, <laughs> I bet I... it'd be better than... But... It's like a TV set. Do you remember that movie, a TV set? Yeah. Where Sigourney Weaver always, like, goes to her, like, 11-year-old daughter and she basically makes the decision to green light shows or not. Like, I feel like it's kind
0: of like that. I mean, if, no. you know... I, I feel like the, the, there has, there's a crazy billionaire somewhere that needs to just do these types of social experiments yeah. just to see what happens.
1: You know, so often it's like these corporate entities, like I, I trust a kid's judgment better than the you know, more than the, the numbers of things. Yeah, because you know. a,
0: a kid isn't chasing a trend or they're not trying to, they don't care about what they think other people will like. They just know what they like. Yeah, and they only like stuff that they think is awesome. And if they don't think it's awesome, they have no interest whatsoever. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty, it's a pretty pass or fail kind of a true. kind of a, a test. Yeah, because I know that when they were, um, you know, when they were, you know, scientifically building Sesame Street, and they would put these kids in a room, and they know immediately what kids don't like because they just lose interest. Yeah, that's how they. That's how they know. Like, oh, okay, and then they they learn by doing this and by doing that. Like, you know, why? why, They're a perfect test. They're a perfect test audience. Mm -hmm. They are. Maybe not for the types of
1: movies that. Could be a lot of like buddies movies, like the the little golden retriever movies, like you know, be a whole lot of golden retriever movies, <laughs> you know, and then,
0: and then it just turns into like a slash, a slasher flick, like <laughs> one, of the dog, awesome. one of the dogs goes crazy.
1: <laughs> what do you think of this
0: movie, Ken? It's the golden retriever getting its throat cut. Yeah, <laughs> that's like Milo and Otis meets Hostel. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> the what who yeah. do you want to pitch that just to see what the, what the executive was like? Wait, what? yeah yeah I like kill a shelter <laughs> oh there you go I mean there you go it makes itself right there <laughs> no because pe- you know what the problem is that people could watch other people get killed a million times but you but but animals I just can't no oh, that's it like makes, a cardinal sin just, yeah. it just makes me so sad can't kill a dog yeah
1: one of them I'm waiting for someone to give the ice bucket challenge to their dog and yeah. see like how people react to that.
0: Well, I don't even. I can't even watch like when animals are get, get needy in a movie. Like I, I can't. I yeah. get so upset. It, or even like, you know, there's a scene in Lost where Walt's being taken away and the dog jumps in and starts swimming after them, and it just unhinged me. Like, yeah. oh, the dog's trying to help and he wants it. God goddamn it. like, just, like. Do, like Animals, animals it. trying to do stuff. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: true. It's a huge see
0: bummer see. to me. Yeah, animals too on set. I remember reading a Ethan Cohen
2: quote about raising Arizona. <laughs> He's like, you know, the dogs. Like you have, you know, all these handlers, and you have all these restrictions, and everything. Oh like yeah, these babies. We can just do whatever we want. that's <laughs> <laughs> the animals you got.
0: You got to really pay attention that's, to. That's. Mm-hmm. Do you ever? Uh, you Would know, you? When you look at raising Arizona, do you ever go? I want to make a movie like that, or do you go? You know, that's just not that's unachievable because that's just so what they do. It's that's pretty so, awesome. It's so what yeah. they do. I mean, it would be great to make a movie in that. Yeah, we'd thing love thing. to do a comedy at some point yeah. you know, of that ilk. Yeah. yeah. But how do you do? How do you tackle that sort of surreal kind of comedy that is somehow really far out, but somehow grounded at the same
1: time? Yeah, that'd be so hard. It's such a Difficult tonal thing to you know, tonal tightrope yeah. to walk like, and they do it so well, it would be so hard to,
2: it'd be so hard to, it would. I mean, they're so good, so great at character and they're so great at casting too. I mean, you have to get just exceptional actors in those kind of movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, uh, do you think that you, is there a certain budget range that you think, I don't know if I ever want to make a 200 million dollar movie? Like, is it? Is it do would you like the pressure? Would you like the pressure of that or do you think like no, I think I'd rather cuz there's something nice about having some restrictions. There is. There's there something is.
1: nice about and there's something nice about not having to appeal to absolutely everyone in the world, you know. Right. If you make a 200 million dollar movie, you have everyone in the world has to like it. Right. You know what I mean like, you know, little kids and old women, you know, like everyone has to like it and, and you, you have a, st- and, you
2: know, an entire studio all over you when you're making it. I think that would be I don't know. That'd be a less pleasant filmmaking experience, I think.
1: Yeah, we like sort of doing our own kind of homemade, you know, kind of, you know, family shop kind of thing. And it's really nice having some freedom, not worrying that everyone in the world has to like it. Just some people have to really like it. Right. And uh, I don't know that that I feel like you can get more
2: specific and more uh, do stuff that means more to us. You know, our agent keeps telling us like, you guys don't want to, you know, make $20 million movies the whole, you know, the rest of your career. Do you? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, that's actually kind really <laughs> awesome. sort of sounds awesome. awesome. You know, like yeah. you know, I could see doing a big one if it was ours and it was something we really felt connected to. But, it, you know, that's a two or three year commitment. And uh, when those don't go well, you know,
0: and horrors is one of those genres where you really can, you could make a $3 million movie and it could open at number one and, you know, make, Sixty million dollars the first weekend. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's it's somehow horror is a genre that can fast track directors or p or 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 you know. And I I wonder why I I just I, I can never figure out like what it is specifically about horror that allows people to you know that that a, a low budget movie could all of a sudden just open at that level.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's I'm surprised that comedies don't have that like. Cause I, you know, I think like, well, if something scares you, it scares you, and and people show up to that. If it has a good concept, they'll show up. But with comedies too, like I would think that would translate to comedies as well. Because the two are, are really forgiving. similar. They're in a...
0: similar, but people are less forgiving with comedy. Yeah. And you know, there's only there. You know, I think there are a million ways to tackle a joke that can miss, yeah, and only yeah. a couple right ways to do it. But with horror, there, you know, it's like there are a handful of general things that just scare the shit out of everyone. Yeah. yeah. And you can do so much
1: more with filmmaking in horror than in, you know, we, in comedy, like the actor has to be on that day and nail it or it doesn't work. There's nothing you can do as a filmmaker or very little you can do as a filmmaker to change the edit or, you know, it, it just, it has to be, you know, the actor, whereas, <laughs> you, you know, can. you can do so much, you know, like, you goose the sound in
0: horror you do a slow push in or whatever you do yeah, you, you can know. just go throw some more blood on that joke <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be fine yeah there's so many ways to fuck up a comedy your lighting can fuck up a comedy your shot can fuck it up the score can fuck it up the actor can fuck it up like there's the other actors can fuck up the like there's so many different ways for a comedy to not work it's true that it's actually surprising that it works as much as it does. Yeah,
2: that's it's true. But I, I, agree with you though. I, I wouldn't think comedy would be so star driven. You know, like, you know, genre films can break out, and you know, there's countless examples. But you look back in the last twenty years in comedy, it's really you know, Napoleon Dynamite and Clerks are really the two kind of like <laughs> out of nowhere you know successes in comedy, and that yeah. you wouldn't think it's so star driven, but it really it yeah. is.
0: Well, I think um, it's sort of. I, I think people are more driven. I think they're I think they're more driven by fear. I mean, you know, like that that rush than they are the ha 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 like something has to be so fucking so funny. funny. Yeah. That you can't I mean, you know, before before Borat hit like critical mass. I mean, I saw an or I saw a test screening of it and no one had re- like you hadn't you weren't really familiar with the character yet and it was so I mean, People were falling out of seats, <laughs> and so you just knew that movie. Oh well, so this is funny. gonna, you know, people are gonna talk about this. And this. but, but the level that a movie has to achieve as a comedy in order to get that kind of, you know, you have to see this fucking movie. Yeah, but a horror movie, you can be like, oh fuck, I just, I almost shit my pants. I got to tell everyone, you know, like it's just a different. I feel like it's easier to motivate people. Right. by scaring the crap out of them yeah. than to, you know, than trying to guess because what's funny to people is so specific yeah and most people are not going to agree on what's funny but more people will agree on what is is scary yeah i think you're right that's true and it becomes almost like a dare you know
1: you you know this movie was so scary you gotta go see it because you know it almost becomes a dare like oh you know i'm brave enough to do this too whereas the comedy it's you just don't quite get that that
0: maybe that as well yeah did any of the actors see i feel like if i were shooting in the catacombs if you took me, like, six stories down, I'd start to get real claustrophobic.
1: One of them, yes. You know, we, we did a uh, what we were calling a wardrobe test. We're like, let's make sure nobody's going to freak out down there. So we did this, like, wardrobe test, uh, like, two days before a shooting, and we realized one of the actors uh, didn't like being down there much. He, he, he was obviously uncomfortable. And, uh, like, two days later, we had him a scene where he's like stuck in this section and he's stuck on these bones and he can't
2: move. And, it's and uh, the most claustrophobic scene in the whole movie <laughs> Yeah, it was his scene, of course.
1: And he nailed, like, it was so like, he was so good at playing. I mean, we were six stories down. He's like literally jammed into this hole and, uh, <laughs> use it. And, uh, yeah, totally. We used it. And, uh, he was so good. Like all the other actors were like, Oh shit! We're gonna to have to bring it if we're gonna, you know, get up to that level.
0: No, I thought I was gonna die. I really thought I was gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> keep
1: rolling, keep rolling.
0: Do you fuck with the actors at all to try to get more real performances out of them, or do you just or you just trust the? I wouldn't say you... fuck with them, but we do we do some things. We you know. do
1: some things. We try like you know, there's a character Latope who shows up halfway through the movie, and and uh, we intentionally we we set him up totally separately, so the cast never saw him until we were actually filming we were down there and and he showed up in in the take and that's the first time they ever saw him so their reactions to him are are more real we you know we do things like that but it's not that it's not like a you know, we'll, you know, boat horn the actors mid-mid <laughs> scene, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that we've, t- we've considered it, you
2: know. <laughs> we actually, we
1: actually did boat horn, there's a scene where they're on this church and, and we need all these, you know, the people of Paris, like the bells start ringing and everyone like looks up, you know, cause these bells have never rung in, you know, a hundred years. And they're like, Well, we can't afford that many extras. I was like, just get me a boat horn. <laughs> and we went up on this church in Paris and we just boat horned like right off the this. John you know, just emptied the
2: whole can in one shot. It was, you know, uh, and we got all these, you know, Parisians you to know, look up and four hundred extras for free on that day. Yeah. <laughs> Most obnoxious American tourists ever. No! <laughs> this is what they do. <laughs>
0: They come over here with the <laughs> horns.
2: It was so fun. It, it was, really was. John fun. was cackling like a like a yeah. kid. It was amazing. Yeah. This is
0: why we hate them. <laughs> Would you like to send us a Bud Light up to you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't experience like Parisian hate when I was over there. I thought they were actually very nice. Like it they're was very uh, nice. They're and delightful. A our our so. French crew explained
2: it. You know, Leo, our cinematographer, explained it to me once. He's like, "You think they're being rude to you, but you should see how they treat each other. Like how the <laughs> Parisians treat each other is much much worse." And so uh, we take it personally. But I think it's just kind of. A well,
0: I also at the time <laughs> I was there, my the, my girlfriend at the time spoke French, and I so was. it's. I think she was given more respect. It's like, oh, you actually don't just speak your language and expect us to conform to you. You know, like they felt yeah. that she had made an effort, and so they were very respectful. They were very respectful. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I was just absorbing all the work that she had done.
1: <laughs> That's the way to do. Drafting
0: it. off of
2: that, no. it's the American if way. If you make even a, a yeah. poor attempt, it really goes a long way. We, yeah.
0: <laughs> where's McDonald's? <laughs> Well, uh, what's what are your next stops before? Are you, are you are you pretty much done with all of the press stuff? On the press
2: stuff, uh, we've got five or six more over the next couple of days. But yeah. we really had our big junket in Paris. That was the the big one, and then Comic Con, of course. And yeah, so good. Comic-Con that was Comic Con great. free. It was, it was
1: awesome. It was. Uh, we did Hall H, which was a was terrifying a new thing. And you know, for about a month leading up to it, I was like, maybe I could be sick. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like maybe I don't have to do that. Show hosted um, that, right? Just yes, Gillespie. she did. Yeah, great. She's, She's great. Awesome. She's so cool.
2: She's awesome. We we got to be on a panel with Guillermo and Michael Mann and, and Duncan Jones. It was
0: really cool. Nice. Yeah, we had a good, good panel. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I sincerely hope the movie does well. well thank uh, you and, so much. And when and ku comes out next year, March sixth. March sixth. Wow. 2015. Yep. That is a tight
1: turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. We sort of made the two movies at the same time, which was a. Uh,
2: Yeah, that was something. Yeah, we had a seven-week director's cut of Azabud between Paris and Thailand, so it was tight. Mm -hmm. Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah. and then we did posts on both simultaneously, and
1: you know, so it was it was a crazy year, but really an amazing and fun year. So then
0: you have another one in May, and then another one next September, and then another one. God willing. <laughs> well, they you know the ta- the breaks will take themselves. You know we'll we'll
1: just keep working exactly. as hard as we can. And tell well, I'll it. You
0: a couple of nice Minnesota boys. I hope everything goes well for you, so you can go back home to Saint Paul and be like, suck my dick, fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your guitar shops and your fucking. <laughs>
1: viral video of us riding the the big cock in 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 the drunk downtown Minneapolis. And you could just, just
0: pay some drunk to dress up as Minnesota and then just be like, suck this dick! And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yep. so I hope you guys get to do that <laughs> that would be Episode amazing that would be fun <laughs> i sure everyone would appreciate that <laughs> thank you for being here Daddles. nice to see you enjoy thank you burrito, so much Chris. everyone. thank you so much alright the end now leaving nerdist.com enjoy your burrito look around you can find cars like these on AutoTrader.